What's up, guys? Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles. I'm Ronnie. It's your boy Chaz. This is an Attack on Titan podcast. We're here, for season one, episode fifteen. Uh, my title was Special Operations Squad: Eve of the Counterattack, Part Two. That was mine as well. All right, we're on the same page for once. Uh, what'd you think of this episode? I liked it. Um, Le- not Levi. What was I saying there? Not Levi, but Hanji is a very good-looking woman. It's the glasses. Yeah, we got a little Hanji episode here. She gets a lot of time in this one. She does. And I love it because we find out a whole lot more about the Titans through her. We do, and she's obsessed with them. I love her little antics that she does. Yep, I really... Well, we'll get. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just jump into the episode. How about that? Let everything come to us naturally. How about that? So, we're sh- we show... Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> so we're moving this party away from tra- Trost. Good fucking <laughs> lord. That's how I am tonight. Sorry to talk. Guess it's late. So we're moving this party away from Trost and head over to the Old Scout Regiment headquarters, which looks like a pretty nice castle. And yeah, I was a little surprised by it at first. I yeah, don't... it doesn't seem like... Just everything else I feel like we've seen thus far is kind of ran down. Even though it couldn't be ran down, they've only been here for 100 years, but this seems more old, and this is exquisite. Yeah, it's like more king-slash-castle-like. And so anyway, as we see this, we also meet a new scout regiment character. I guess he's not so much new. We kind of met him. Uh, well, no, this, this guy's new. Yeah, yeah, he's new. Uh, and they pronounce it like... Oreo? Oreo? Is that what she said? Fancy Oreo is kind of how they pronounce it. Like, Oreo? Oreo. He's uh, he's riding up and says that, sure, it's pretty fancy, but it was totally useless because it's so far from the wall and river. Which, they did say that they had high hopes when they initially built it, but at the same time, if the scout regiment has always been meant to do, you know missions outside the wall kind of seems weird for them to build it way in here but location 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 (laughs) yeah terrible real estate decision so anyway oreo rides next to aaron on horseback to tell him to not get too cocky and think that levi won't put an end to him honestly after last last episode i don't think aaron was thinking that to begin with I don't think at any point Aaron was like, well, wow, I'm really on Levi's good side nowadays. Yeah, I feel like this guy thinks that he's really getting into Aaron's head. He's like, oh, he's going to listen to me on this. Nah, buddy, you must not have seen what just happened. You must not have been part of the uh, member of the crowd last episode that was screaming to dissect everyone. <laughs> Which is good. That means maybe you're not a serial killer. We'll find out later. But uh, during this process and trying to scare Aaron, he bites his tongue and just an absurd amount of blood sprays out. Yeah, I feel like he's the new potato girl, but in biting tongue references. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, sure, I'll go with that. That's his characteristic. My whole thing is, I mean, the amount of blood, how this guy ever talks again, I don't understand. But the whole thing here is don't talk while on horseback. Yeah, I guess that's the whole thing here. I've never ridden a horse, so I wouldn't know. Giddy up, cowboy, because here we go. We see Petra again. Remember her? She was with Levi that one episode with the Tom Selleck Titan. 
Yes. She uh, consoled our good friend who was dying, Ooh. and Levi uh, kind of gave him a pep talk as he was fading away into the light. And she's just laying into Oreo over here because he thinks that he scared Aaron stiff, but she's telling him that Aaron was probably laughing at him first of all, and then goes on to tell him to stop imitating Levi because he is nothing like him at all, actually. I'm already catching vibes that she's got a thing for Levi. Who doesn't? I think Oreo's well got him. <laughs> well said. They keep going back and forth, and she ends up telling him that she wishes that he bit off his tongue and died. Yeah, I'm already loving the little dynamic they have going on. It sounds like the team (laughs) chemistry around this joint is through the roof. (laughs) Meanwhile, Aaron's hearing every part of this argument. He's just like 20 feet away. And he lets us know that these guys are members of the Scout Regiment Special Operations Squad. Also known as the Levi Squad, but I think the Scout Regiment Special Operations Squad rolls off the tongue... So I think we should only call them the Scout Regiment Special Operations Squad. What do you think? Yes, the S-O-S-R-O-S. The S-R-S-O-S, dude. Come on. And what is it? The Scout Operation Regiment Scout Special Operations Squad. The Scout Regiment Special Operations Squad. That's exactly right. (laughs) So anyway, here's the breakdown of their team. Petra, she's killed 10 Titans and has 48 assists. She's a facilitator. Rajan Rondo. Oreo, 39 kills and 9 assists. This guy's not passing the ball. No, he's not. And I like this name for some reason. He's the only last name I put in because it's short, sweet. I like it. Eld Jim. Elden. Elgin or Elden? Elgin? Is that how you say it? What I saw on Hulu, it was two different names. It was Eld and then Jin, like the drink. Okay. Pixis must love this guy. This guy sounds like he could also be a wizard, so keep an eye out for him. He's got 14 kills, 32 assists. And last but not least, or probably least, is Gunther. Gunther. Seven kills, 40 assists. Each an accomplished scout handpicked by Captain Levi himself, so... They must be doing something right if they're handpicked by him. Sexy man, Levi. As far as the scout regiment goes, they're still alive, so that's doing something right. Yeah, they look... Anytime somebody is old and they're in the survey corps, you know they're they're pretty badass. Yeah, based off the numbers that we've got on survival rate for this whole operation, if you got that many kills and assists, I'm Mm -hmm. impressed. And that's, that's the thing, too, is that's all pretty much going outside the walls where they want to avoid Titans anyways. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. So we get a shot at the front of this castle where two soldiers are talking about its condition and you know weeds are growing up around it. They say that it must be super dusty inside. And out of nowhere, Levi comes up says, yes, this is a huge problem. We need to get to work right now. Clean freak Levi. I yep. love it so ha- much. Hanji you know, introduced that to us literally within like first 45 seconds we meet him by mm-hmm. explaining he was a clean freak which that, if we go back to i wanted to mention this part it made me think back to the episode when our girl petra was uh with what was the guy's name that was dying i guess we don't really know that guy's name yeah i don't think i don't think they <laughs> yeah. took the time to let us know that guy's name but levi was slaying titans and he was talking about how gross their blood was but he was still willing to grab 
his buddy's ha- bloody hand. Yep. So that shows, even though he's a clean freak, he loves his comrades. And as weird as it seems, Attack on Titan hits us with a short little cleaning montage. Didn't didn't <laughs> expect that going into the episode, but there it is. So Aaron finishes, in quotes, finishes cleaning the upstairs and goes to ask Levi where he can sleep. Which, of course, is the basement because... I mean, what was Aaron really thinking here? He I mean, wasn't thinking. I he, think he just wanted to talk to Levi. You think this is Dick of the Scouts, or where do you land on this whole sleeping oh, no. arrangement? I mean, I think that's inevitable that he's going to be in the basement, kind of underground. So if he ends up transforming, you yeah, know, that's the the most likely place that he won't do a lot of damage. So Levi breaks that news to him, then goes to check Aaron's work, and Petra walks in. We get some good background on Levi here. She tells Aaron that he looks disappointed, which astounds him because he thought that he does such a good job of keeping his emotions hidden. (laughs) He's like, really? He's like, usually, you know, I'm not the type of guy to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I usually (laughs) keep that stuff deep down. No one really knows what I'm thinking most of the time. But uh, she says, don't worry, you know, that's to be expected. Levi isn't quite the great perfect hero society makes him out to be. And then immediately just says, he's shorter than you would expect, which... Which, that's just... Height's not everything. No. Gosh. Women these days. Also, temperamental, crude, and unsociable. Just because I'm 5'1 doesn't mean I can't, don't want to be loved. And I don't get any of these vibes from Levi, okay? (laughs) Yeah, it was a real glowing review from uh, his squad member. Aaron is surprised that Levi follows the rules, and Petra says that from what she understands, he wasn't always like that. Before Levi joined the scouts, he was an infamous rogue in the capital's underground market. That's very interesting stuff right there. Yeah, we kind of heard about this underground stuff before, but really don't know a whole lot about it, so it's interesting to know that he's kind of from that world. And just the fact that Petra said all those things about Levi just proves even more that she's in love with him a girl will say that about somebody she's in love with yeah that's true neither one of them quite understand how he went from that to captain of the scout regiment but petra says all she heard was it happened when he gave in to commander Irwin. that's the kind of thing i love to hear i mean Irwin, he's a quiet guy kind of seems like that and Levi is just badass right up front with it, but it still shows that it's, no matter how badass Levi is, this is the one guy that it seems like he gave into yep. and kind of changed his ways to Which I don't blame him, man. I, I would give in to Commander Irwin any day of the week. No homo. <laughs> Levi comes back down and tells Aaron that what he had done upstairs was completely unacceptable and to start all over again. Shocker. Yeah, not surprised. We had like five minutes with Aaron's mom before she died, and she made it clear from the jump that Aaron sucks at doing what he's told. Yeah, it just reminds me of when I was 15 years old, and my mom's like, hey, can you go clean downstairs for me? And I go and just like sweep up a couple like pieces of hair, and you I'm throw like, oh, it's all good. You throw it all in the closet. Well, yeah, you throw it on the closet. That's the move. You just get the broom out and act like you're doing something. But... Everything's in the drawers. Yeah. We join Irwin and a guy, his name's Mike, in a room where they are planning an expedition outside of the wall in just 30 days. It's quick. 
Mike thinks it's too quick, but Erwin stresses the fact that the treatment Aaron has been receiving is only temporary, and they need to show the central powers that his existence is beneficial to mankind as quickly as possible before the military police get involved again. And Mike instantly calls bullshit on this. Yeah, and so as you were saying, Mike seems to think there's more going on and calls out Erwin, who tells him he will fill him in when the time is right. So kind of like the rapport these two guys have, you know, Erwin was telling him the good boy commander answer. Mike sees right through it, and Erwin's like, ah, you bastard, yeah. can't get anything past you. Yeah. All right, all right. He's like, it's just one of those things. I'll tell you when I get the chance, but I it can't shows do it right us now. too that this guy's important, though. I feel like Commander Erwin hasn't really had that talk with anybody other than Levi, right? And the fact that he's having that with Mike. He seems pretty important. Uh, so nighttime, Levi's squad looks like they're around the table having some team dinner tea, after dinner tea perhaps. And it's at this point they've heard about the planned mission outside the wall and that fresh graduates will also participate. And I think it's because of that they're a little, you know, worried about it. Like, wow, this is quick right after they all just had to fight the Titans that, you know just from a few episodes ago. Now we're already turning around and we're bringing the newbies with us too. Yeah, Aaron instantly just thinks about his friends. You can tell he freaks out a little bit. Levi feels like he's taking heat from this, so he's just saying you know, straight up, he's not in charge of planning missions, but he knows Erwin, and he's put far more thought into this than they have, which we know he has because we just saw it. And he's yep. saying... You know, we can't keep Aaron in a basement worried that he's going to transform into a Titan all the time. We've got to see what he can really do and how much control he has over all this. And I love that about Levi. As strong as he is, as much as everybody talks about how much of a badass he is, he still has, like, utmost respect and trust in Erwin. And you can just tell. Yeah, he's not here to talk shit behind his back and question his decisions. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's a ride or die. They, uh, they talk about how many people they lost trying to establish a route to retake Walmaria that it looks like it was the beginning of the end until a completely different hope presented itself. And so obviously they all naturally look at Aaron because that's what they're talking about here. You know, that things were really bad and then a 15-meter Titan grabbed a boulder and put it against a gate. <laughs> And then he's asked about how becoming a Titan works in the first place. And my God, could they have asked a worse person, even though he's the one that does it, because Aaron realizes the only thing he actually knows about doing that one thing everyone in the world is really counting on him doing is that he bites his hand. And then he even questions, he's like, wait, how do I even know that? Like, Which I thought that was real interesting. Yeah. He knows nothing other than, I mean, just last episode, he was like, wait, I tried uh -huh. to punch Mikasa? Levi tells the other members that they know this isn't, they're not going to get anywhere based off the reports. Um, but she, so I guess they've got reports on everything, you know, Aaron's told them or knows about it. So Levi's saying, just don't even waste your time. This guy's clueless. This is why he's sleeping in the basement. <laughs> we got to get out behind these walls and really test yeah. him out. He's 15. Don't even talk to this guy. Um, and so, but he also says that even though there's nothing to know, she will try anyway. He then tries to calm Aaron down by telling him that 
you better hope you don't end up dead when she tinkers with you, which is just a great way to calm the nerves. Mm-hmm. This is essentially the badass version of no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. We get it. You're only 15. You have no idea what the fuck's going on, but hopefully she doesn't kill you. And with that being said, bang, Section Commander Hanji enters the room. Hanji. She lets Aaron know that she's in charge of examining the two Titans they captured in town, and she would like to have Aaron's help performing experiments on them tomorrow. And I would like to be experimented on by Hanji. So Aaron asks his mom, I mean, he asks Levi, if he can hang out with Hanji tomorrow, and Levi tells him that he can as long as he cleans the garden first. And Aaron says, thanks, Levi, thank you. Aaron asks like seven times what kind of experiments they'll be doing, and finally one of them catches other people's attention, causing Hanji to get aroused. It's not appropriate whatsoever. And everyone else sees this happening, and so they just leave the room, either because they're freaked out about how turned on she is, or they don't want to hear about these experiments. It could literally be either one, I don't know. And I would not be leaving the room, because Hanji is one sexy babe. It's the glasses. Calling card number one, it's the wall cult, telling us that the people that worship the walls as a god and disapprove of any alterations uh, made to them, even for defensive purposes. So that goes back to the canons last episode, how they, as crazy as these people are, they know one thing is right, and it's don't even bother putting cannons at top of walls. Well, they fixed the cannons, but okay. And then the second calling card slide was, ever since the fall of Walmaria, the number of followers has quickly risen, which has greatly increased the group's influence as well. I would, How, ra- I would rather be dead than be one of these wall cultists. Yeah, but I could also see, you know... Well, I guess my whole problem with that turning them into wall believers is you watch the titans run through the walls and now you're gonna (laughs) put your faith in the walls if you say so so we go back to hanji and she starts to break down what she's doing as far as these experiments go with these two new titans she uh she started by repeating the same experiment she did with her last five victims which is she first tries to communicate with them and how does that go not well. I I looked into the reports and it just said not well. Not well, okay. By the way, these Titans have 12 ropes around their neck and they're also being held to the ground by approximately 937 nails. <laughs> big ass nails. Yeah, they've got to be big ass nails because sometimes it's like their entire legs there and they just got a nail in them. I'm like, yeah. do you guys have long enough nails to reach into the ground at that point? It didn't <laughs> even look like it. So since communicating didn't work, she went on to tell a long story about some cannibals who evolved to the point of not just eating humans, cooking them in different ways as well, which makes every person overseeing this whole thing just sick. Yeah, I was Team Hanji until she started getting into this. I started questioning whether I should be Team Hanji or not. Yeah, I summarized that part extremely because it felt like she went on four minutes telling about these yeah. awful things these cannibals were doing. Cooking like bowels and stuff. Eating blood clots. Yum. <laughs> she uh, she names the two titans after the leaders of this these cannibals. So one is called Sonny and the other one, Bean. Awesome names. Sonny and Bean. She then blocked them, which, by the way, 
weird name for a cannibal. Sonny Bean? I know. Just the irony. Sonny and Bean. With the last name Bean. So, second experiment, she blocks them from the sunlight. And this showed that they somehow used sunlight for energy. Uh, Sonny got sluggish after just an hour with no sunlight. While Bean, he was a little more energetic. He was still... He was still going three hours into the experiment. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. The the range is it varies that much. Um, you would think it maybe like a few minutes would be different, but yeah. the fact that it's a few hours that's a little weird. Because she does, I mean, she makes it clear that eventually Bean does, you know, get there, but he just lasts a little bit longer. Yeah, he's like um, he's like the brand new iPhone, and Sonny's like the one when yeah. Apple screwed everyone over with the update and their phones died in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I guess Apple doesn't have enough money and they needed more people to buy new phones. Yeah, they didn't have a few trill, so. The other weird thing about them is they never needed any food or water. Even though they have vocal organs, they also don't need to breathe. Yeah, that's just too creepy for me, man. I don't know. I mean, these things, just think about the scariest way to make a human and these guys are it or not even the scariest just the cruelest way and then they don't even need food but they're still hungry it's just what is going on but for some reason the only thing they need is sunlight which is i don't know about you but i haven't seen very many tan titans yeah you would think that you would see really tan titans but they're almost like pinkish slash they're all they're all nude they're not wearing clothes what's going on pretty pale yeah she wants to know what happens to them after a long time with no sunlight, but can't risk killing them because they already did that before with the past five. And <laughs> in my experience, you can't figure out a whole lot about something as far as the way they live when they're dead. <laughs> she then starts yelling for some reason as she tells Aaron the next step, which was to see if they felt physical pain and... This was horrifying if you're an Aaron. Aaron was just sitting there listening. She was calmly telling the story, and then all of a sudden she just starts yelling at him. <laughs> and he's like, okay. But it's because she doesn't like doing this physical pain to the Titans. They're her friends in the weirdest way. And I would be a little terrified if I were Aaron, thinking that she wants me to go Titan mode, and she's just going to start stabbing me <laughs> yeah, everywhere. This is part of the experiment. She... uh we have a scene of her just stabbing Bean in the eye and then stabbing Sonny in the heart. She she reported that Bean felt excruciating pain. While Sonny you could hear him screaming. Yeah. While Sonny, he didn't respond much at all. Just, you know, spirit of the heart, no biggie. Do they even have hearts? That's what I want to know. How do they know they have hearts? Because as soon as they actually kill them, they just like disintegrate slowly. Yeah, but that's true. We see Aaron, who looks like he's contemplating his entire life, while Hanji goes on to say that Sonny is not very good at expressing himself because he just kept trying to chop her head off. <laughs> and that's usually how you know when someone's not good at expressing themselves. It's funny, too, because when he tried... It's not like she got terrified and was like, oh, maybe I need to calm down for a little bit. She just kept going back. She's like, hey, good one, Sonny. You almost got <laughs> me that funny. You jokester. And so Aaron properly creeped out at this point. He asked the nicest way possible, what the fuck is wrong with you? How can you love these Titans so much? And she says that she's watched many friends die at the hands of these Titans. 
and that when she first joined the scouts, she fought them out of hate. But one day, she realized after she kicked the head off of a three-meter titan that its body was unusually light. So this is pretty interesting here. She yeah, goes, this is real interesting. She goes on to say it shouldn't be possible for such large creatures to be able to stand on two legs and that every time she examined severed titan limbs, they were never as heavy as they should have been. Which is crazy to me that they, they're that light and they can still pick up people. They're extremely strong from what it looks like, but being that light, you know, doesn't really affect that. Well, yeah, she even brings up the fact that, you know, for being as tall as they are, they shouldn't even be able to stand up on two feet or two yeah. legs, and that every time she examined them, I mean, that's just crazy. And they can still just burst through building walls. And... <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she turns the attention to Aaron, who she was told that when he transformed, it was kind of like he just appeared out of thin air. You know, there wasn't really anything to it. It was like a quick process. Mm -hmm. He just bit his hand in Titan mode. And so therefore, her theory is that how they appear to us, like their physical form, is nothing like what they actually are. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. It's, it's a good hypothesis. For years, humans have only tried to combat these titans with violence. And so she's just trying from a different angle, even if it might not work. She just wants to be friends, okay? I respect. She's just a... She has a positive outlook on this yeah. whole situation. So, you know, we keep trying to kill them. We're just going to try and kill them all. That's the plan. That's not... No. What if there's a different way we can handle this? Let's chain them up and become friends with them. It's going <laughs> great so far. We're making progress every day. Aaron's inner monologue goes on to say that it's not just Hanji, but that these scouts are practically <laughs> a haven of oddballs. But at the same time, it's a place filled with people wanting to figure out how to fix this Titan issue we're dealing with. And so, you know, he's, he's all in on that. And he asked her to tell him even more about these experiments. Oh boy, that was a mistake. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was a mistake, but at the same time he realizes, you know, these are his kind of people. He met people who actually want to figure this Titan situation out and don't want to just live inside the gates yep. their whole life. Share the same ambition as him. We cut from night to day, and as you kind of referenced to, Hanji is still talking. And Aaron looks as if he made the worst decision of his life. And the cherry on top is she asked Aaron if he knew all that stuff because it was covered in cadet training. And Aaron replies... Yes. Yes. Just the saddest <laughs> yes you've ever heard. I like to think she basically just did all of cadet training with him in seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> and he learned nothing new. And then she goes, uh, so now let me go through all that again, but I'm going to put forth my own theories. And Aaron just starts to kill himself. When a man busts in and alerts them that two Titan tests, or the two Titan test subjects, Sony and Bean, have been killed, and Hanji takes that news really well. Yeah. She's like, ah, we'll get some more. There's no, no, no problem. She loses her shit. They were her best friends. We get some information that whoever did kill them, they did it before dawn and used ODM gear to get away before the guards even noticed. 
And then out of nowhere, Commander Irwin grabs Aaron around the shoulders and asks him who he thinks the enemy is. And Aaron uh, just goes, <laughs> and so Irwin goes, ah, sorry, bro, that was a weird question. <laughs> never mind, never mind, dude, my bad. We cool, we cool. And he just walks away with Levi. I was caught so off guard the first time I saw that. Um, just like snuck up on him like a this, little. This man Irwin, though, he is always thinking. He's a genius, okay? So I, I trust him. I don't know what he was up to when I first saw this, but I trusted him. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw it, I felt like he, it was his way of suspecting Aaron. And it made me wonder. I was like, okay, did he know that he was with Hanji the whole time? I'm sure later on he talks with her and figures out that he was. But yeah, it's just interesting that he was so quick right there with Aaron and trying to figure out what happened and then just saw Aaron's bizarre reaction and and it also it could be a part of what he told Mickey earlier something something else going on he might know something who knows that's true if you really had studied this episode the first time you could even think maybe this was Irwin who did this yeah but uh anyway good episode like I said love learning all that new stuff about Titans uh, loved the fact that we got so much Hanji development oh, yeah uh, anything for you? I'm just glad I got to see beautiful Hanj in action. Um, Sonny and Bean, R.I.P. Yeah, ripped to those two guys. They they were real. They were the they real kept ones. Kept it real. Um, shout out! I forget which one was which, but I all I had to laugh that one of their hands was nailed to the ground like seven times. The other one had like one little nail put into it. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know who was on nail duty, but they didn't seem to give them equal treatment it's another episode down we uh we're officially well we've been i guess more than halfway through this first season we're rolling along yeah we are um oh yeah i meant to mention the last episode too i mean we kind of talked about it but the opening i feel like them bringing in that new opening shows like a direct shift into the show and i think it's gonna get crazy okay it's gonna get real crazy up in here so buckle up we're going to keep uh, keep the train rolling, putting these out. If you want to send some feedback in, send it to thepodcastchronicles at gmail.com. Check the description. I've got that spelt out for you. It couldn't be any easier. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Podcast Chronicles, mm-hmm. AOT Chronicles. We've Give been us a look- thumbs up. We've been looking for a great cookie recipe. If you got a good cookie, mm-hmm. send it to us. Maybe we'll make it. And let you know how good your cookie recipe is. Yeah, what other? You got any other kind of emails you'd like? Uh, yeah, Venmo us at. No, pod- Chad. Huh? No, stop. We are right <laughs> on the coattails of a Blue Aprons uh, sponsorship, so we don't even need them to Venmo us. Do you have anything serious? Um, Cash App. I mean, what? All right. No one sent us any money. We're doing fine. We are not. We are not pooling our money together to make rent every month for hymns stop okay just because you had to sell your body that one time does not mean you have to have these people send you money i've got a job now everything's good thank you for listening we'll see you next time he's Chaz. i'm ronnie peace peace